Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? We're back. Episode five, season two. Can't believe we're flying. It's been crazy. We got all three of us back in the pod. Dougie, myself. I'm back out of the dungeons, the poker dungeons. I have all of <laughs> my extremities. <clears throat> Did not lose any fingers. I actually made some money. Um, poker scene's really blowing up in Texas, but we're not here to talk about that. Anyways, we've got my two fancy co-hosts on the desk today. First of all, we've got the better looking and better dressed Scalici brother, Jake Scalici on the mic. What's up, buddy? What's up, everybody? And then we also have the guy whose handicap keeps getting lower and lower and shooting in the seventies every week. Benny Hanjib Scalici. What's up, brother? What's going on? Um, <clears throat> so we had, uh, we have a very exciting episode for everybody this year. We actually, this year today, we actually have our first guest of season two that will be on, uh, the second half of the hour, our boy, Dilly Dylan Newman who is actually a good friend of Vince and I's. He, I, Jake, did you ever meet him before? Yes, I played golf with Dylan before. Okay, so he uh, went to college with Vince and I. We weren't very close to them then. We actually became close with him afterwards, and he lived in Houston with us uh, two or three winters ago. Uh, he's had some crazy stories. He told his car when he lived with us, uh, had some, bad, some really bad beats. <laughs> but uh, very good golfer. He's a teaching professional uh, who spends half his time in, in New York and some in Florida, but we're going to talk about the second half of the hour. Very excited to have him on. But we're going to go ahead and jump on into it. This past weekend uh, tournament was the Honda down in Florida. It was the first tournament of the Florida Swing, <clears throat> which in the past has typically had a very good field. But because of some of the schedule changes and condensing with the Olympics this year and them trying to get, and then the PJ Tour, like last year, trying to get uh, all of the FedEx Cup events and before football starts the field was not as stout as it normally is however uh i think and and i'd love to get both of your opinion on it i thought it was one of the best tournaments of the year so far the field although it wasn't that great there were a lot of great golfers in the field Mm -hmm. and uh, saturday and sunday turned out to be uh some of the best watching golf i've seen i I watched probably 85 percent of the coverage on saturday and sunday um had some older guys in the field like Lee Westwood who who made a showing um and then you know a lot of the younger stars like Sung Jae who eventually took the crown on Sunday but i think not only that was that the the final score was only 6 under which for me i like seeing cuz i like seeing a truer test of golf for the pros instead of watching them shoot 20 under um but Jake i'd love to get your your take on that uh yeah i mean i spent a lot of the weekend uh it was cold here and i spent a lot of the weekend watching it and I'm with you. Um, I that field was not great. Vince and I elaborated on that a lot uh, last week, but it was great viewing. I thought the golf course got really tough, really fiery, firm, and slick. And those greens were getting like real glassy. Um, and yeah, it was like you said, it was cool. It was a cool mix. Um, and I think that you had like a, a great sort of Saturday Sunday battle with like Luke Donald popping up and, and, you know, Lee Westwood popping up and uh, Sanjay who like seemingly plays, you know, every week and then every, every week and then every like pro-am day and every practice round day, the guy just never stops playing. Um, and then like there was some, 
sort of, uh, what am I trying to say? Like streaky players like Mackenzie Hughes got really, really hot in the middle of that round. And I actually thought he was just going to like sneak up and, and yep. win it. And so, yeah, it was, it was awesome, uh, viewing, uh, overall it, it kind of a bummer because I thought, I really thought that fleet would, would get it to a playoff and, and we would have some extra golf, but, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, it was, that last hour was captivating watching uh, a couple of, you know, the world's better ball strikers going like toe to toe between Fleetwood and M just shooting at flags. Uh, it was great. Yeah, for sure. Do you, so I put on the pod on, on, on the uh, Instagram story on Monday that uh, a few of the announcers said that, I mean, they were directly talking about Fleetwood, although they didn't name him saying that, yeah, in order to be a very good golfer or you know be one of the top guys, you have to win on the PGA Tour. Is that something you buy into, or do you think that that's you know he's won you know three or four times on the European Tour? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's you know one of the top twenty-five golfers in the world has has shown at majors. This hasn't hasn't broken through. Do you think that's true? You think you have to win on the PGA Tour, or do you think if he wins twenty-five times on the European Tour, uh, you know never wins a major, that's still you know one, he's still one of the all-time best. Um, I don't, it's, it's tough. I was having this conversation today actually about this exact thing. And like Azinger made the comments, uh, mainly about Westwood first and, you know, Lee Westwood's won like 40 sometimes worldwide. And the thing you have to look back at is like when he was winning a lot in Europe in his like prime of his career, the European, um, f- field strength on the Euro tour was just as high, if not higher than some weeks on the PJ tour. So I didn't think that uh, what Azinger said was really correct. What I will say is I think right now that's the case, uh, that you you do need to show up and win on the PGA Tour at some point. Fleetwood's Euro wins are huge events, right? Like he's not winning the Morocco Open. He's winning big um, Rolex uh, yeah, right. series like events. Like Abu Dhabi and all those right. crazy events. Yeah. So, like, of course, you have to look at that in a different way. It's almost like winning, like, a WGC or something along those lines. But, I mean, I, I think that part of what Ezinger says is right. Like, right now, the strength is a lot more in PGA Tour um, than it is on the European Tour. But at the same time, you know, I th- he's got some beef with uh, the Euros. And, you know, he's a, a former Ryder Cup captain and Ryder Cup player. And he always try to crawl up Seve's ass um, during, you know, early nineties and late eighties Ryder cups and stuff like that. So it's just something you have to take with a grain of salt, but I think it's a good question overall. I mean, just right now that the strength of field week to week is still better on the PGA tour than it is on the Euro tour. It's just the facts right now. So yeah, it's a, it's a good question. A good debate to have, but agreed. Uh, Vinny, your guy, so we had three picks last week. Jake and I did absolutely horrible. Yeah. Not a guy. Both, both missed the cut. But Vinny, your boy creeped into the top 20. What did you, you know, think about your boy Palmer? And also, uh, were you able to watch the event? What, what were your thoughts? I watched it. I thought it was great. Um, let's talk about Palmer first. I think he probably should have been at least four shots better. Um, <laughs> I mean, he missed like two putts that were like, I, I came out and yelled at you and I said, he just missed a fucking one foot, six inch putt on the first day. And I was like, it's going to be bad. But he, uh, he hung in. <laughs> I've seen Tom do that. So, yeah. Yeah. He hung in and, uh, I thought the course on Sunday was playing great. Um, I, I like uh, a tough stretch that, that makes that it means that one shot is going to make or break the outcome of the event. Right. And. You know, lo and behold, Tommy Fleetwood took that shot on 18. So, 
Did you like that approach? I mean, if I was his caddy, that was not the shot I want. I if I mean that's a that's a lot of those things. Like uh, I don't know who this. I don't remember who this is. Maybe it was Phil. You know, he his caddy gets to override him once a year mm-hmm. or some shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it felt. Maybe it just his caddy didn't feel like it was his time to override what Tommy pulled. I, I mean, I don't know what their relationships like, but uh, it, it exists on the PGA Tour. Phil's talked about it numerous times. So, uh, but, go ahead, Jake. Think, yeah, yeah, I think you like it's a great question to ask, right? Because he like absolutely fucking queefs this thing out into no man's <laughs> land, right? But the the part I don't think the idea is bad, right? I. I was talking about this. This is like stuff that I've actually chatted about all day today because I was on the golf course. Um, but if you look, Mackenzie Hughes hits the mega hook off the planet, but because of like the way that the PGA tour plays these really funky and frankly terrible rules with how to deal with grandstands, he gets to drop it at a great angle and a decent yardage. Right. right? And then Tommy Fleetwood, like his caddy, if you go back and listen, because I saw it on Twitter too. His caddy literally says, Hey, this has got to be anything but a cut right now. And Fleetwood like acknowledges it. And he says, you know, like you can, if you want to bail, just, you know, basically double cross it. Yeah. Cause I think that back left bunker. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause they were aiming there, right. They were aiming for like a little, cause the breeze was going towards the water. So they're kind of aiming for this little cut. And he says like, you, you cannot slice this. Like, if you feel it, like you want to bail it, just absolutely blast it right where you're looking. And Fleetwood goes up there, and, I mean, frankly, it just didn't look like a very convincing swing. And I know mm-hmm. he needs he needs to make a birdie, right? And so giving yourself two putts is, your in some ways, your best chance. Uh, but that was, like, the one, the absolute one thing you couldn't do was go up there and do it. You could, like, hit it into the grandstands, hit it over the grandstands, hit it into that back bunker, like you could do a bunch of different things that might allow you to come out with a birdie. The one thing you couldn't do is take, take the tournament out of your own hands. And that's what he did. Yeah. I I'm with you, Vince. That's one of those ones where I think the caddy did everything he possibly could. And I know that they've been together for a while, those two, but he did everything he possibly could to basically be like, this is the right club. This is the right shot. And if you get over it, you just don't feel good about it. You know exactly what the bail has to be. You just got to blast it over there and and go from there. Uh, but unfortunately, that that didn't happen. So yeah. I think you know overall an incredible tournament. Sungjae hit an unbelievable bunker shot under the Dude. circumstances on on eighteen to stiff it in there and and keep the one shot lead uh, after he absolutely flubbed a seventy yard pitch shot that he just laid the sod over it. Um, so what yes. did you um, what did you think about him like coming down the stretch though? I would say like from basically eleven on. I mean he he was not fucking around. Like he was really going at flags. Like the and that's a tough course to go at flags too. Like he was taking on a lot of danger. You know what I mean? I mean he was the only one that was under par in the bear trap on Sunday. I think he, and he birdied two of the what it was like two of the last four holes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he, all the par threes that everybody was either hitting them in the water it seemed like or in the back bunker. He stuffed them both. And then on 17, when Mackenzie Hughes made that, whatever, 50-foot birdie putt to tie Sungjae, he had, you know, a birdie look from, like, 15 feet and put it right in the heart. And then that's when I was like, all right, this guy, he's going to win it. Um, and, and sure enough, he did. I, you know, I thought it was a great event. Like, Berger, Daniel Berger finished in top four, and, and I didn't even realize, you know, we, I love his name, but he had finished in the top three, or in the top ten the last three weeks. Yeah, he's been hot. Um. 
Luke Donald made a sighting. He finished the T11. He actually was in the second to last group uh, on Sunday or third to last group. So, you know, like you said, there were some, some guys with him and Woodland uh, making a charge and Westwood was there. Um, so yeah, you know, all in all, we, we said last week, I don't think the, the field is that stout. Um, cause it wasn't missing a lot of those guys in the top 20, but, uh, overall, I think it was one of the best viewing tournaments of the year, uh, yeah, would agree from, from, from start to finish. So, uh, on that, uh, anybody have any closing notes on the Honda? No, I'm good. Any? Okay. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and move over. So this week is the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, obviously, Arnie uh, means a lot to everybody. Um, whether you met him or not, he was a great champion for the game. And this week is his tournament in Florida. Uh, we are going to run through the power rankings here quickly. Uh, and then we're going to let Jakey give us a breakdown on how we're doing on the overall for the points between the group. And then we'll, we'll give our picks here. So... Uh, I was going to give the top five of the power rankings, but I'm going to go ahead and throw six in there because our boy Sung Hung JM um, <laughs> is sixth coming off his, his his first win on the PGA Tour. Although it seems like he's in the top 10 every week, except for the one week I took him and pick him and he finished like dead fucking last. But I think uh, he's this is like uh, we're, we're going to be calling him like the, the full version of Hideki. Will? He, Hideki's like the light beer version of Sung Jae. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask at the, at the end of the pod, do you think he's going to win again this year? I do. I do. I think he's, yeah, he's just, he's incredible. I love that he just is like, oh, I was going to buy a house, but now I just want to play every week. So yeah, I don't even, I'm not even worried fuck with it. Uh, yeah. So Mark Leishman's fifth. Uh, Hideki, light beer version of Sungjae is fourth on the ranking. <laughs> uh, Tommy Fleetwood is third. Bryson DeChambeau is second. And Rory McIlroy is first. So a pretty stout field. Obviously, everybody paying their respects to Arnie, um, especially as they get ready for the the fifth major of the year, the Players' Championship the following week. Uh, so, Jake, you want to go ahead and give us a little overview on, on how we're doing on the points? And, and then you can sure. go ahead and give us your first pick. Absolutely. So um, this week, Vince pulls out the victory. So that brings him to 18 points now. Um, a, a really in the end, a really good pick, obviously, considering both Doug and I missed the cut. Um, however, Doug's uh pick from last week who, who'd you pick last week? I took uh, Eric Van Ruin. Oh, yes, Joggers McGee. <laughs> I was going with a hot hand, it did not work out for me. Yeah, I think he he blew his load the week before a little bit. Um, but he did end up beating my pick, uh, Louis Oosthuizen. So Doug gets the next uh, chunk of points, and that moves him to 11. And oh, yeah. I went uh, with another week with a, uh, uh, a low finish, um, and now at 15 points. So it's 18, Vince, 15, me, and 11 for Doug. Uh, so my pick for the API, um, I'm not going to overthink this one too much. Uh, I just know that I won't pick this guy for like a major later in the year, and I'm I'm a little weary because I feel like he does slot in well to one other event that I was really considering for, but I'm going to take him this week. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Jason Day this week. Wow. Uh, yeah, coming back off a little bit of rest. Hopefully he's back. He's back he's blown out or what? <laughs> nah, well, see, I mean, there's always you can always worry about this, but I think the one thing with Jason Day is when he gets to the meat of the season, he seems to like 
play good in chunks uh, and make cuts in chunks. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, late in the season, the back will creep up. Or early in the season when he's getting started, the back will creep up. So I'm hoping this week, um, you know, he's, I don't think he's finished outside the top 25 here in any appearance. So uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Jason Day, who is not one of my favorite golfers, to be totally honest with you. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with him. So I will state, Jake, he has finished outside of it once. Of the six okay. of the six full events he's finished uh, last oh, year, crazy, last crazy. year was he withdrew with back injury from this event last year. <laughs> so. See, that's the thing about Jason Day. He could withdraw. He could like sneeze in the wrong way, and he'd be like, "Oh fuck, I'm out." I mean, he could like get pink eye and be out. He could get vertigo. We've seen that, and I don't want to make fun of him for getting vertigo, but we've seen him get vertigo. I mean, he could have a hangnail. Like Jason Day does not tough it out in tournaments, so. You know, fingers crossed he uh, he makes it through the week. But we'll see. I'm going with it. Well, apparently my dog is not very happy with me right now. But I'm going to... Uh, I, last week I tried to go with the hot hand. That didn't work out for me. So this week I'm going to go... Excuse me. I'm doing a podcast right now. Would you relax? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with the light beer, Hideki Matsuyama. Okay. Uh, because I knew Vince was thinking about taking him. So I'm very happy that I, could, I can get the second pick oh. in here. And nice. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with Hideki Vinny. Who you got? Man, I need to I need to rethink this right now. Oh, he put him on the spot. Nah, he I'm put him kidding. on the spot. I'm taking I'm taking Dicky Dicky Fowler. Uh, explain me. Like I gotta ask you why? What about his game right now and his season tells you to take him here? I want to know. Is, just, is it that Puma has special lost. clothes? I think maybe yeah. They swag him out real good for the Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he goes out there feeling really good, and he pulls out a W. I mean, he's played good, played good there in the past. He's only missed a cut yes, once out of has. nine rounds, or out of nine events. And I mean, why not? I mean, he's he's still got five top twenties in the last seven weeks. But they're they're uh, quiet top twenties, but he's still hitting the ball yeah. pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he's just had a weird a weird up and down season. I, I feel like. Ricky Fowler is like the limited release content of the PGA tour. Like Puma is just like, we need to do, we got to do a limited release for Ricky this week. It's like limited release in Arizona, limited release in Florida, limited release in Hawaii. It's, it's insane. You, but, you guys didn't like his hat last week. I loved it. Oh uh, God. That hat was heinous. Yeah, that big, I thought the big it was, paw was pretty, that was gross. Ah. Gross. He may not. I, I I think I was on the board for a while with him, winning a major. I think I'm off that board. I don't think uh, I don't think he has it in him anymore. Yeah, I. Well, I wouldn't say that yet. Well, okay. He, but, I think he could definitely do it, but I I think he's he's falling farther and farther away from from having a chance. I think like it's a good conversation to have because when you watch, like when you watch players that win majors, you feel like they do something dynamic and i'm not talking about the guys like jimmy walker that like crop up and win one i'm not saying that and and that's really what we're talking about with ricky but isn't it weird that when we think about ricky we don't think about him like someone like jimmy walker right who could just crop up win one and then that's it we we try to like connect him back to some of those early hype stories where it was like ricky versus rory and like and guess what none of that has actually come to fruition right He's been outpaced right. by everyone in his generation. So uh, he's like he's like the his generation's Charles Howell. He always makes money. He always has his card, and he like rarely wins. Right. Yep. 
Chucky three sticks is in the field. I mean, uh, even, dude, I'm sitting here looking at, at, at my pool picks, and in the top 30, my man, Mr. Bezadenhole. Oh, Christian? Yeah, it's right. Well, uh, one of these weeks, uh, he's going to win. Here somehow. I love it. I might pull a Bezadenhole bomb in, like, June, like a random tournament. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, I think he's in the top 50 of the World Golf Rankings, even. after He's uh, probably getting week. close. Or two weeks hey. ago. This is this is sort of off script, but like we're talking about European tour player Bazain Holt. Did you guys watch Oman at all? I saw, yeah, because I remember I texted you. It was blowing because all the last couple holes were uh, on the water. It was it was pretty good. It was blow- the playoff was sick. The kid who won Velamaki can absolutely mash it. That kid might be good. Six starts in and he wins uh, over Brandon Stone. That was that was pretty impressive. There's some good players over there for sure. Yeah, for um, sure. So I, you know, obviously the stout field this week. I did see earlier they put out the pairings. So Jay Rose is playing with McElroy and, and Molinari. Mm-hmm. Very good group. And then <laughs> kind of all three guys that are not very well liked in some circles. Patrick Reed's playing with Bryson DeChambeau and Phil Mickelson, which I think oh my is God. an absolutely unreal pairing. That is a high-stress, high-anxiety pairing. Dude, you got, like, what, what are you talking about? You know Phil's hitting the CBD, you know, the <laughs> bombs. He just that's, hit bombs. That's not what I meant. I meant about, I meant the whole, oh. like, for everybody, like, watching and everybody who's got to wait on them. You've got a supervillain, a mad scientist, and a guy who's in bed with the Saudis. All in the same group. That's like yeah. that's that's pretty wild. He's got his betting, got too much betting going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Adam Scott's playing with Jason Day and, and Brooks Kapka. So some good, some very good groups out there this week. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, watching that one. Um, anybody have any closing statements on the Arnold Palmer Invitational presented by Mastercard? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, it's one of my favorite tournaments just because I like all the Arnie stuff, and uh, I always I will say this: it is always an interesting finish. Like even the years when Matt Every was winning, like back to back, they were always somebody's got to shoot a really good round coming in to win it, which I always like. So Vinny actually pegged the winner here last year. He had Molinari. Yeah, that's right. He did. Yep. I don't think so. he has it this year. I considered it. I knew he won last year. But man, his Italian people are really getting beat down over there right now. So yeah, it's not going well. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're having a little. Uh, they're drinking too much Corona. They're it's, having some issues. It's not good. Yeah, it's it's bad, apparently. So, if he's not stressing about family and friends, then uh, not doing it right. True. All right. Well, uh, that's the Arnold Palmer. That's our pick. So. Before we move into our surprise guest here, Dylan Newman, we are going to talk a little bit about Jakey. Vinny and I two weeks ago went down and played in a, uh, you know, a high intensity amateur pro event, and Jakey uh, took the day off school today, forgot to teach the future leaders of America, <laughs> and played in a little uh, little amateur event. So, Jakey, want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure, sure. So, I played in. Um... Golf Association of Philadelphia did a winter series event. It was a um, better ball, um, two-man better ball at North Hills Country Club, which is in Glenside, PA. It's about, you know, 15, 20 minutes outside the city limits of Philly itself. Actually, probably even a little bit closer, depending on kind of which direction you're coming from. Um, I'd never seen the course before, and like I, I, it, it's been well documented that I'm 
going through some swing changes. So when I tell you that I have been uh, struggling to sleep thinking about this event, <laughs> I have been very worried about this event. I was I was definitely sweating it. I didn't feel like my game was really ready. Um, but uh, I went out today. So it was kind of a warmer day to start, some sun, and, and then it got cold, and we got some rain coming in. Conditions got, got a little tougher. Um, but I got to tell you guys, it was, first of all, I had a great time. The course is awesome. I've never been there. I've driven past it a million times. And, uh, even though I, I coach golf in the area and I, and I spent a lot of time in that area, I've never actually played that course. Um, and it was awesome course, like really, really cool, versatile, uh, older golf course. But I got to tell you the, the takeaway that I have from all this thing is like nerves are real. Whether you, I think whether your game is good or bad and I've played in some other like, um, like the gap matches, which are like country club versus country club matches and some match play stuff being in like a more of a stroke play tourney where, you know, that there are some good players. Like I had a plus 0.3 uh, or yeah, plus three in my group and a scratch guy in my group. Um, and I'm like a five. And so you like, I'm getting on this first tee and I started on the 11th hole, which was actually a really tough sort of switchback style par five. And I'm like, I'm quaking up there. Like, I'm like really nervous. And I hit this absolute terrible pop-up hook. Like, I barely hit the ball, almost missed it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. From there, I, I did kind of settle in and, and had a, like a decent round. I, did, I By no means was it great. And, and I was really rusty on and around the greens. Um, but I, I got to tell you, like, I'm going to sign up for more. It, it was an absolute blast to like really compete. Um, and Got the like nerves really, going. Yeah. It's not just the nerve. Like, I think it's an interesting thing. Like when you're, uh, I was thinking about it when I was out there, like, I, I mean, I was athletic growing up, like always played sports growing up and then went through a period of my life where I really didn't play many sports, especially competitively. Like I just played some stuff for fun or like whatever, pickup games. And, um, you know, going out with your friends on the weekend, like you guys play every weekend and you have a little competition going, but it's not the same as when you're in something that has like an official sort of thing around it. And so like, you're looking around on the range and you know, you're, you're like measuring up putts a lot more and like all these things start to fall into place. And you're like, you, you remember what it's like to feel competitive. And, and that was, uh, that was my takeaway. I really like enjoyed, um, that aspect of it. I almost, made a hole in one i told vince earlier today what? i almost made a hole in one today yeah i had about I had about six inches i would say maybe, oh. maybe a little bit more maybe maybe closer to a foot yeah make the butt oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah nice no, but, dude that's sick i completely yeah, i can i jake i know your feeling because it was that was me two weeks ago uh it's like uh it was amazing how quickly the nerves subsided after one mm-hmm. or two good shots that's Just exactly because, yeah in like in golf it's like one or two shots it's like it could be really fucking terrible they could be really bad shots and then they affect your whole day two good shots you know change your whole mentality about the competitive event which was you don't really feel that in other sports like at least i mm-hmm. didn't growing up mm-hmm. you know like a tight match on the soccer field was a tight match the entire time right there was right yeah it, it was that that feeling didn't subside until it was done yeah, that's like so. There's just so much time to think in golf, and I'm I'm totally with you. We talked about it a little bit last week, right? When you're playing your best, like let's say you're playing soccer or basketball, right? When you're playing your best, it's when 
you're just reacting to what's happening in the game. And there's almost no thought in your brain, right? Your body's just doing the things it needs to do. And with golf, there's so much time. I'll just give you one quick example from today. And I, and I know I just talked about the first hole, but this is the one that sticks out the most to me. I play this first hole and I make double right off the bat, right? I hit this terrible drive and then I have to kind of like punch one up. Um, and I'm too far back with where the wind is to clear this like uh, sort of water that's running away from me a little bit. And I, I don't want to bring that into play and I end up making double. Okay. So I go to the next hole. And just like you said, I go to the next hole, I'm, I stand on the tee, and all of a sudden I realize it's OB left. And I just hit this <laughs> horrible pop hook, right? And so I get on this tee, and I'm standing on the far left side of the tee, and I'm just aiming down the right side of the fairway. And I'm like, you know what? If you blast this right, you're just in a different fairway, and you're just going to have to survive from over there. Well, what did I do? I hit this really nice draw, not not full, not full board, just kind of got it out there. And it left me with like a, uh, an easy eight iron in to this like left pin that was kind of at the bottom of a, a slope. So I could see kind of the ridge in the green and I'm thinking, all right, well you hit the fairway and I've been struggling most with my, my driver. And so, uh, I, I pull this eight iron and, um, choke down a little bit and just hit this thing right at the, at the backstop, kind of trickle it down off the backstop. And I had gave myself like a, I don't know, 15 footer. And then from there, I was like, oh, we're good. Like, this is just golf now. But it really was like that, just like you said. You need to – once you get one or two good ones under your belt, it feels like you are just kind of out there doing your thing. But initially, it's a totally, totally different feeling. And then sometimes I think those feelings crop back up. Like, the greens were really fast, especially for winter greens in the northeast. I'm talking, like, fucking really quick. And, like, I – there was a two-tiered green on a par three. I hit a great shot came down from the top tier to the bottom tier and the, the flag was up top and uh i rolled the first putt past and then i felt those nerves come right back up because now i had a downhiller on slick greens to a two-tier green i could roll it right off the front if i wasn't careful and so those nerves crop right back up but yeah i got i gotta tell you it, it was great i'm i'm so pumped for pinehurst now and even though that's amongst friends i feel like doing these little events um, has made me sort of understand how to, I don't know, find a, a, a way of shutting my brain off when I'm on, on the golf course, which is a cool feeling. So, If you think there's anything friendly about this Pinehurst event, you are sadly <laughs> mistaken, all right? Uh, we're all friends. We're <laughs> now nah, we are. There's true. zero friends. I don't know zero friends. And uh, speaking, of the, speaking of the competitive nature, Doug, Doug's played in the most competitive events out of yeah all of us here that is um and he's been on the opposite side of of the of the good shots subsiding the nerves um you know i've been on the bag form twice now and one of those two events we won't name it but there was a double digit mark on the card and thank you what's what's that like uh, just um, what's that do to the morale uh, well it completely demoralizes you especially when you think you're playing better than you are um, yeah, I, I will be. I, I will say I've actually done worse than that. So when I was, um, I don't want to talk about it too much because it was uh, the worst like 15 minutes of my life. But uh, let's see, I must have been a year out of college, so like 2013 or 2014. Richard was actually on the bag. It was for the U.S. Amateur Qualifier. <laughs> we were playing at a course up in the Woodlands, which is in North Texas or North Houston. And uh, the course is not that hard, and I've played it about a million times because my best buddy growing up lived on the course. So, R5, 
pretty wide open. I really, I mean, I probably was like six or seven over at this point. It was like the second to last hole or third to last hole. I wasn't playing terrible, but obviously at those things, you got to be like three or four under to make the cut. So I knew I wasn't making the cut, but yeah, I was just nervous all day. It was like one of the first events I'd played in after I graduated. And I duck hooked my first tee shot OB. I duck hooked my second shot OB. Richard came, was actually in the fairway. So he had to come back and give me an iron to hit into the iron, into the fairway. Duck hooked that one into the shit. Oh man. Uh, then I re finally got it down there. I ended up making a 15 on the par 5. Uh, and I walked off. I didn't even play the last hole. I just DQ'd myself. So uh, I pulled a Jason Day and said, I'm, I'm done playing today. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not fun. Um, you know, playing in those events is, is great. It, it really is crazy feeling. Uh, you know, like Vince and I have played soccer in front of thousands of people. And, you know, after doing it your whole life, it's no real issue. Mm-hmm. But when you play golf and there's nobody even watching you except for like one one parent and these two players and their caddies and you're just like what the hell I've I've swung a golf club eight thousand times why can't I like put good thoughts in my brain and yeah you start to think about what's down the left what's down the right it's yeah it it's a it's a wild feeling it is fun once you you get past the nerves uh, you know especially in the the events that aren't as serious like the one that Vince and I played in two weeks ago. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun and, and you have a good time and it's competitive and you play some golf, but yeah, definitely when you're playing in those events and you know, you're only four or five holes in and you're just like, wow, this is it's over. It's, it's very defeating. And, and for me, I, I overthink everything. I'm a head case, which is why I never made a pro in anything because uh, I, I start to overthink everything, but it is, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's why I'm looking forward to picking Dylan's brain here in a little bit. Cause he's yeah, for sure on the other side of it, guy who's winning tournaments. So uh, definitely interesting, but Jake, congrats, bro. That's huge. Uh, I Thanks, heard your man. your your partner played pretty well today too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam Adam had a good day. Um, you know, we we had actually one of those better ball days that you dread, where you you both play well on the same holes. Right. So like we had a lot of holes where we both made pars, a lot of holes where we like par birdied, and then we also had holes where like. Uh, I made a double and he made a bogey or, you know, he was out of the, he was in his pocket and I'm struggling to make uh, a par. So it was just, I think going, the other thing too, is we were playing at a course that we kind of found out a lot of other people, not the guys in our group who actually did place. They were in the money. They were two good players for sure. Um, But a lot of other people play that course often because there's like four country clubs, four or five country clubs right there. They kind of all trade off rounds. Um, and so like a lot of people kind of knew that course a lot better. We, we had like, I forget what hole it was. I want to say it was, it was like our 16th hole or 17th hole. We legitimately had no idea how far, uh, it was to go through the fairway, how much room we had left, how much room we had, right. We're like, it was completely blind, like uphill tee shot. We're like, all right guys, let's fucking do it. Here we go. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. It was cool. I, I, Adam played good. I didn't embarrass myself. All those things are, uh, you know, kind of what we're looking for. So in the end, it's good stuff. Nice, dude. Well, congrats. And we're looking forward to you playing another one to prepare for the Pinehurst right, right before the event. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to play another one. So, so, so that'll be good. Uh, the last thing here before we jump over to our guest, Dylan, I, I, I thought about it and really wanted to talk about it was DJ came out in the news yesterday or the day before and said that he's not playing in the Olympics this year, he's saying because he wants to focus on the FedEx Cup. But I thought it was it was ironic, and, and uh, because last Olympics was in Brazil when they had the Zika, and a lot of people didn't want to go down there for health reasons, and now of course 
coronavirus is out there and it's in that part of the world where it, it started and is, I think, the most heavy. And so he's the first person to come out and, and say he's not playing in it. Um, so I wanted to get, I guess, Jake and Vince, your, your 10 second thought on whether or not you think that he's the only one that's going to do this or you think there's going to be other people coming out. What, what do you think? Vince, go ahead. You go first. Uh, I'll be quick. I think there's going to be more people coming out and saying, hey, I'm out. I appreciate it. And there's two reasons. One, it's going to be seemingly difficult to just kind of make this event possible and feel worth it for them, obviously with everything that's going on overseas. Uh, And two, because golf isn't a sport where your stripes are earned at the Olympics. It's just Mm -hmm. just not. It happens with, like, all the sports, like professional basketball at the Olympics. You get, like, the bottom of the NBA. Golf, you get the bottom of the PGA. You get... You know, it, it happens in all the sports. It's not like skiing, you know, where like Lindsey Vaughn, for example, like that is the biggest world stage is the Olympics. People prefer, right. prepare that sport for that event, and that is it. And that, that's my feeling on it. It's just not where you earn your stripes and your merit for for golf. And people know that. And it's the same. I was going to mention that 40 minutes ago. It's the same exact reason why... Uh, Tommy Fleetwood has to win on the PGA Tour. I see what you're yep. saying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you kind of stole, well, not stole, but like that's kind of <laughs> my point too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's not even stealing. It's just, it's the right point, right? Like golf in the Olympics is just frankly not that important. It's not that important to me as a, as like a diehard golf fan. I think to a lot of golfers, it's not that important. Um, like, so a guy like Tiger, right? I'm sure it actually is very important for Tiger. He's around great athletes. I mean, he's friends with athletes who have won gold medals. I mean, he was with Lindsey Vaughn for a period of time. I'm sure the Olympics hold something special to him, right? And I think that there are athletes from other countries who, like, in their country, like, some, even someone like Sungjae, right? Like, South Korea, they, the, the Olympic gold is so important to them. We saw that when um, NB Park won. So... Yes, like it is important in some cases, and I do think it's a cool thing to some degree. But at the same time, I think that you're going to see a lot of guys drop off, obviously because of the whole health concerns, but also because, frankly, it just doesn't matter. And the best thing that the Olympics could do is to separate themselves from whatever else golf does and like come up with a fucking team event. Like we already are on teams. Like, right. you, you know, you have Americans qualify, you have people from other countries qualify, make a team event, make it or make it match play and like bracket it out, like do whatever you need to do to separate yourselves. Doing 72 hole stroke play for an Olympic gold medal, it's just like, it feels like another event, another week. It doesn't feel unique in any way. So, yeah, that's my yep. 10 second take on that one. All right. I completely agree. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next month or two, especially as the virus either kicks up or, or it gets depleted. So, all right, guys. Well, well good takes there. We're going to we're gonna go ahead and, and bring our buddy Dylan in here for the second half of the pod. Looking forward to talking to him. Uh, I did do some research, though, and I'm going to add that uh, for those of you guys that are listening to our episodes, we really appreciate it. Uh, and if you could, on Apple Podcasts, uh, or however you're listening, if you could give us a five-star rating and also put words in the box on yeah, a review, 
that uh, helps move us up the uh, podcast rankings list and also helps us get out there for some other viewers. And then feel free to uh, reach out to us on our DMs if you have anything you'd want to talk about or maybe want to come on the show. And also, um, if you want to just share us with other friends because you, you think we're, we're doing a good job, we appreciate it. So, uh, as always, uh, and when you're out there this weekend, feel free to follow our Instagram at the Breakfast Ball Pod, all one word. And don't forget, as always, to reload on number one or number three, like Vinny always tries to. <laughs> all right, guys. See ya. What's up, ballers? We're back. We got our first guest of season two on the mic with us. My good friend, Vinny's good friend. Jake's met him once and played golf with him once. Our boy, Dylan <laughs> fucking Newman. What's up, bro? What's going on, boys? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, dude, more than welcome. Absolutely. You're calling us in from, you're in Florida right now? I'm in Jupiter, Florida. Yes, oh, I am. Oh, shit. My Whoa, God. Jupe life. Dude. Living the Jupe life. You go, out with, you go out with, like, Tiger on a nightly basis, or? <laughs> you guys neighbors um, yet? You, you buy the house next to him yet? <laughs> you know, it's funny. He, uh, he's, he's down here. I go, I was just by, I was just at a restaurant tonight, literally right down the street from, uh, the woods, which is his restaurant. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, a pretty happening spot. All the guys are here. I bump into guys all the time. I haven't seen Tiger yet, but, uh, that's, that's to come. That's to come. He doesn't seem like the guy who just comes out of his house every day and goes and hangs with the boys. Why would he? He's got a, he's got like four holes in his backyard. You know, true. He's nursing, nursing a back injury right now too. So anyways, our boy Dilly's on the mic. So I, I went through and did a little research on our boy Dylan. So first of all, I met Dylan back at Iona College uh, playing poker, which seems like I met everybody playing poker. But So it looks like uh, Dylan has played in – how many events we got here? Ten events back in 2017 uh, as the New York metropolitan area. Boy, you, dude, you cashed for like t- almost $10,000. It's incredible. In 2017. You, you yeah. made, let's see, you made the cut at the New York State Am, finished T4, which is strong. That State Open, you mean? State Open? Yeah, same thing. The, the Linux <laughs> Advisors New York State Open at Beth Page Black. That's right. T4, that's a strong showing. Uh, let's see, you had a first place. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the State Open is my probably my favorite tournament of the entire year uh, because it is at the Black. Uh, my favorite golf course ever that i've played and uh i happen to play pretty well there because i the past three years i have finished fourth seventh and ninth and then back when i was an amateur before i even turned pro i actually finished low am there and finished six so i have four top 10 finishes at the black in that tournament that's uh significant yeah i'm just i'm just i'm just knocking on the door you know i'm hoping um hoping one of these years soon we'll uh we'll be able to close the door and and not make as many mistakes coming down the stretch yeah you know speaking of that i'd like to talk about that a little bit so <laughs> before we get in you know what first let's get in that in a second dylan for those of you that don't know you why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself where you're from uh, how you ended up getting into golf and how and where you are now yeah, absolutely. So I am uh, I am a New Rochelle native. Um, went to Iona College, met Doug at Iona College, um, and then actually I've I got the pleasure to live with Doug and Vinny um, for a winter in Houston, Texas. Was, was it a pleasure? You lost your car. 
Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. We had uh, we had a couple of mishaps, but uh, all for all for the better, you know. So uh, just just experiences to uh, to tip my cap to and, and move forward with. But um, no, it was it was fun. It was it was a good time. It was a great winter. Got some experience uh, in a different um, you know neck of the woods and got to play a, a new tour. Um, but as for golf, you know, I've been playing my whole life um, since I was three years old. My grandfather took me to the range. Me and my dad, we picked it up at the same time, and uh, I don't know. When I was a kid, we would play in our backyard and just kind of hit wiffle balls back and forth, and I uh, fell in love with it. So um, I, I, you know, have my days where I don't love the game as much as I did back when I was three years old. But um, <laughs> no, overall, I do love the game. I love where it's put me in life, and uh, I get to, you know, go play golf every day of my life pretty much. So not too bad, not too bad. I enjoy it. It's beautiful. So you went to Iona. You had a, a pretty yeah. decent career there. I know it's tough, you know, for the, the golf schools in the north because we do have a winner. Um, yeah. But then you decided, hey, I want to go. I want to go pro. You always want to go pro. What was what was kind of the the thought process there? Um, I did always want to go pro. I, I wasn't as a junior. I was kind of um, not, in my opinion, I wasn't that good. I guess. Um, but, uh, I, I, I got significantly better at college, um, you know, battling those, those weather conditions in the Northeast tournaments, um, and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, then I figured, yeah, why not? That was, that was what I, it's like the only thing I'm good at is playing golf. I don't really know how to do anything else. So, uh, but uh, no, so after college, I was like, you know, why not give it a shot? And I actually I stayed amateur for a, a year after co- post post grad. Um, I thought that was a good move because once you start, once you turn pro, it just costs more more money. Um, you know, the tournaments are not as luxurious; it's not as fun. And uh, that year, I think, was a uh, a huge way for me to. Uh, Wait, hold on one sec. My roommates just got in. Hold on. <laughs> Would you tell the roommates to shut the fuck up? <laughs> Sorry, they just got in. Uh, they, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so where was I? What the heck was I saying? Uh, amateur events are oh, more yeah, glamorous yeah, yeah, than yeah. professional so events. So it was a great, it was a great uh, year for me because, uh, you know, I learned a lot. I learned about travel. I learned about uh, how good everybody really is in college in the Northeast. You don't really get to see, you know, the best players. And uh, let me tell you, there's some good freaking players out there. It's, it's it's it is unbelievably hard. But um, but no, it was it was good. It was a good year. Turned pro after that, and then uh, been on the grind for a little bit. Now I'm a club pro, and I'm still kind of pursuing the dream. So I get the best of both worlds, and I get to make some money too at it. So. Not too bad. So you spend the summers up in New York at what? Are you at Brayburn right now? What course are you at? I am at Brayburn. Yes. Okay. Before that, you were at. Well, that you were at Wingfoot or Westchester? I can't remember. No, I was at I was at Westchester. Not yeah. too bad. Nice little pedigree there. And now down in and yeah. then in Florida in the winters, you work out where are you at? Where at? So last year I worked part time at Palm Beach Par Three, which is a little Par Three course, but it's literally on the ocean on the intercoastal and i mean it's a six spot it's not like you know a renowned golf course but it's actually they, they're like one of the top part three courses in the whole country 
But um, but whatever. I was just there in the pro shop a couple days a week, and this year I just play. So okay. no work down here for me. Nice, just dude. So, so we're gonna go back to what I was talking about. Gonna talk about earlier. So you came down to Houston. I don't know, two or three winters ago. I can't remember now. You played in I don't know four or five events uh, in South Texas PGA. Yep. You had some opportunities. You blew those opportunities. <laughs> Have you learned? Because I remember you had the had the lead for those of you that are listening on the 18th hole, two tournaments in a row, and ended up walking away with the second place and a T. Was third. it was it two? I think it was one. I think you're you know you're. No, uh, I'm looking right now. I'm looking right at it. I'm uh, looking at it. I think the 18th hole was only once, but he okay, was maybe. in contention on the stretch. I, twice. I was in contention. Well, I played. I remember playing two section events, and uh, one of them was a match play event. So uh, I was in the final match. I remember it being 35 degrees and actually being pissed off that I had to go back out and play again for the final match um, because it was so fucking cold. It was like, I'm pretty sure it was snowing too, honestly. It doesn't um, snow in Texas. That's not a thing. Well, you know, let me tell you something. When I was there, <laughs> it snowed. Okay. Multiple times, in fact. You're right, it did. <laughs> and... Uh, so I remember being pissed off, but I, I ended up taking it all the way, I think, to the 18th hole. I think you're right. Either the 17th or 18th hole, I took it all the way to that match. And uh, I, I, maybe he birdied or I made bogey or something like that. That sounds about right. But um, anyway, then the other one, the stroke play, I did make double on the last hole. That was yeah. that unfortunate. That was slightly unfortunate, you know, to say the least. You know. All right, so tell me what have you learned since then? Because I, I, I know you're playing better. So what, what clicked? Was that just... You know, happen to be you you're know, in, a, in a better I spot think, right now, or what? I think experience, honestly. To to be honest with you, I think I think it's just experience. I think putting myself in that situation more often has um, made me more able to close that door. I uh, I won twice down here in December. Um, winning is still hard, even after I won those two times. I've still thrown a couple wins away um, after that. But you know, that being said. I do know that I can do it, and uh, it's just a matter of getting over that finish line. It's a mindset, you know. It really is a mindset. And if you're not in, if you're thinking about the wrong thing coming down the stretch, then it's going to kill you, you know. And um, it's happened to me one too many times. And I and I and you know, I'm, I can't say that it's not going to happen to me again because it's it's hard. It's hard to not think about the things like. Oh, now I have a lead. Oh, let me keep that lead. Oh, you know, how, what's my lead at? How many? I just got to make sure I, I beat this guy. You know, let's just play for par. All these things are not normal things that you think about when you just go out and play golf. You know, you got to just continue to play golf and hit the shots you're trying to hit, and that's it. And when I do that, that's when, uh, that's when my mind is in the right place. And, you know, it, it, it paid off a couple times this year. That's awesome, dude. And I, and it's funny you say that because Jake and I were just talking. Well, Jake was just talking. He played in uh, his first ever amateur event in the is it Pennsylvania or New Jersey, Jake? Jake's dead. No he's longer living. Yeah, I said this was in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, and we were just talking about that. Uh, you know, it's a different feeling for us because we don't play in events that often. But right. when we do, you get on that first tee or. You get your ball on the green and you're like 20 feet away and you're like, oh, this is easy. And then you hit it five feet by and you're like, fuck, I'm going to three putt. That's the right. only thing that goes in your head. Yeah, it's right. it's a it's a it's an interesting dynamic, especially for well, amateurs. 
Totally. I mean, you you do it in the in your club championship. Right? Fuck you. <laughs> Ooh. How'd that, how'd that go? Did you, did, you, did you seal that door yet? No. I. Um, oh. at, it's probably a story for another time, but this What's past that year. What's name? Is it Mario? No, Manny. Mario. Manny. 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 Yeah. And he's got your number, huh? He Well, he does. I, I, I had a seven-shot lead this year on Sunday. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And I lost. <laughs> That's so, self immolation. So it's uh, it's not something I really like to think about, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely not the guy. I mean, I'm I'll be the first one to admit one. I'm a head case, but two, I'm the same way. You know, you you have like a twenty footer for birdie, and either my thought is shit, I just want to lag this so I get two putt, or if I try to make it and I hit it six feet by or hit it even if I hit it like three feet by, I'm like fuck, I'm gonna three putt, I'm gonna make bogey. <laughs> It's never like, man, I'm going to make birdie here. I'm going to make par, you know, right. occasionally. And, and it's actually happened more because I've been playing in, in more events over the last two years. You get into a rhythm finally after the first couple of holes and you're like, all right, now, and you don't even think about it. But yeah, it's, it's probably the first couple of holes getting going or like at the end when like I've played in a couple of the Houston amateurs the last couple of years. And I know in the qualifier, you know, the first 15 or 16 holes is pretty laid back. And then you realize, man, I'm pretty probably right on the cut number or i'm inside it and you're like fuck i don't want to make any mistakes and right. it ends up you'll make like a double or some shit and then you end up still getting in or you don't it's it's stressful i don't know how you do it for a living i can tell you that can i well, jump in the, real the quick good news, go, yeah, go ahead Dill. go ahead no no go ahead Dill. Go ahead. no 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 what i was gonna say is that the good news is is that uh you know i do have a job that uh pays me salary and i teach so I don't, it's not, it's not my whole living, but, um, mm. yes, I do rely on it for, uh, for some, you know, for some benefit over the course of the year. And, uh, I don't know, just experience, but, but I, I definitely know what you're saying. You know, those feelings, they, they come, they still come into my head, you know, and, uh, you just gotta, you just got, I mean, I practice a lot, probably a lot more than you do. So I've got to just <laughs> that's uh, for sure. trust that process. Huh? I said, that's for damn sure. Yes. So, you know, I just got to trust that process and I got to trust my skills and I just got to go with it, you know. Jake, what were you going to say, bud? Well, I I just think this is like such an interesting conversation, right? Because you've highlighted like a struggle that Dylan has had, right? And then he comes back and says, you know, uh, it. and I, I love that point that you made, right? You're like, it's hard. Like winning is hard. Playing a sport like this in competition is hard. Like being in those situations is hard. And I was just thinking like, what what do you think has changed about your thinking? Like, how has your mindset changed? Because you mentioned mindset, but I just wanted to get an idea of, like, what it was like sort of in those tough moments in Texas and then, like, how you think it's changed now. Like, is it a is it like a blackout moment? Like, you're just like, all right, here we go. Like, just, <laughs> every, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it, that's that's an interesting question. And, and um, specifically, I think that um, trusting the process and just trying to hit the shots is the most important thing. I mean, you've, you've heard, you've heard the guys on the PJ tour, like you've heard Phil Mickelson say, you know, I'm just trying to hit these shots and, mm-hmm. and, and like, it's hard to kind of understand what he's really saying if you don't really know what he's saying, but, but like, he's right. Like you're not trying to think about who's winning or, you know, stand and if you think about those things and you're, you're you're doomed really i mean you're thinking about the wrong thing because you're not thinking about 
uh, the wind is, you know, coming out of the out of the northwest. You know, it's slightly out of the left. It's a little in my face. You know, it's playing maybe ten extra. You don't want to leave it short because it's a false front. So, you know, just get it past the hole and hit the shot. You know, let the wind kind of feed it back to the middle of the green, and then and then get your two putt and get out of here. You know, you're not thinking about those things when that's what you need to be thinking about. Right. You know that that's what you need your full focus on. So, it's um, you know, honestly, it, it is. Like I said, it's a mindset. It's you just have to be fully focused on the process and hitting specific shots because uh, you know winning, I guess, takes care of itself. You know, and you can't, you can't, you can't force it. You just can't sit there and, and think that oh shit, I'm, I'm I'm leading or oh you know let me just get one back from this kid. You know, you can't think of any of that. You just got to hit the shots and it'll mm. happen. You know, I like that, thick dude. So. So you recently had a pretty big accomplishment in your life, something that I'm ha- happy that I'm going to be a part of. But uh, I guess the kind of the, the the ultimate thing that a teaching pro tries to strive for is the PGA Pro Championship, which is held every year for certain amount of teaching professionals. So, uh, Dylan, you you qualified for that. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, you, you want to talk a little bit about that process and what it was like getting into Hell it? Yeah, I know it wasn't easy for you. Absolutely. It was, um, that was, well, so, all right. So let me take you back to, uh, to, first of all, you have to be a class A member of the PGA. And I'm, I'm saying this cause you know, my girlfriend would kill me if I didn't say this. So, um, <laughs> you matter, that's where you met her. That is where we met, actually. That is that. That's not where I was going, but yes, that is where we where we met. Um, but uh, no, I I have to be a class A member of the PGA to participate in this tournament. I wasn't a class A member um, for for. So ever. you cheated. I, mean, I, I I I you know went through the the schooling and we did level. I did level one, level two, level three, and I got elected in a week before the Whoa. tournament. Okay, that offered the two exemptions for me to get into this championship. So there was a, you know, they they offer election dates. It's like once a month, and it was February third. And I had my, you know, I, you got to send in book work. I had to give lessons to people on video. You know, like I had to do this this major portfolio, and then I had to take these five tests for each level. And I went to level three in October, so I had to kind of. You know, when I found out that they were giving out exemptions for this championship, which was in October, December, you know, that's when I was like, shit, man, I got to I got to make sure I get in this thing. I got to give myself an opportunity at least, you know. So um, so I, I pushed through and I and I literally got elected in as a class A member the week before with my girlfriend. She wants she wants me to say that solid. Congratulations to both. You. both correct. Correct. <laughs> We both we're both class A members now. Um, so but anyway, so that happened. And then I went and I played in uh, our, our winter championship stroke play down here in Florida, um, which they offered two exemptions to the top two finishers who are not already exempt into the tournament and are also class A. So I finished sixth. I was the first guy to get taken. The next guy, his name is Pete Ballow. He, um, he's also from the Mets section. He's one of my, I mean, enemies, so to speak. He's, he's one of my biggest, he's one of my biggest competitors. I compete against him all the time. we go neck and neck all the time. Um, is it a one day uh, event or is it 
this was a three day event. This was a three day tournament. Um, and, uh, there was 150 guys, you know, once they, shit. Yeah. Once they, once they let That's people know that, once they let people know that there's a freaking exemption on the line, right. everybody and their mother shows up, you know? So, um, yeah, it was 150 guys and there was a, a pretty good purse too. So anyway, yeah, I, I finished sixth. Truthfully, when I had mentioned five minutes ago that I have thrown some wins away, that was one of them. Okay. I won twice in December and I had a legitimate chance to win this tournament. And, uh, I made a bad mistake and, and believe it or not, Jake, what I was saying before, you know, you got to think about the process. Yeah. I think, I think I was thinking about the process on this one. I just made a bad call and, and it killed me. It's like Tommy Fleetwood and his caddy this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. A lot like yeah. That. But that was, I don't know what, I mean, that was just. I guess, I guess, you know, when you're in that moment, it's tough to think clearly. But Don't uh, worry, I won't let you hit that shot in April. <laughs> Please, Dougie, I'm relying on you. Don't let me do shit like that, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, God damn. And, and if I'm about to hit some shit like that, Vinny, if you're in the stands, you come tackle us, both. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, uh, dude, I was, there was a playoff at five under. I hate talking about this, but I, I got I to tell you, especially since we're on the air for millions to listen to. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Um, I w- the playoff for that tournament was at five under. I was six with two holes to go. Mm. I was six under, and the 17th hole is like 230-yard par three. Pin was way in the back, you know, and uh, I played these courses so many times this winter, and I knew almost everything about these courses. And the play was to hit it to the front of the freaking green, to the middle, and it'll roll out have like a 30 footer made par problem is there was no leaderboards i had no idea where i stood i was like ninth going into the day and i had no idea if i was leading or if i was in you know i I honestly thought at least somebody had to be playing well you know so um sure enough I, i went for the home run and i made dub Oh shit! I put myself in some trouble, and I made dub, so I finished sixth, where I could have just freaking made par in the last two holes and won. Wow. Yeah. So wait, I, did you have to go into a playoff then for the spot? Is that what happened, or? No, no, no. So okay, the, the five guys that were in front of me, um, they were either exempt already or uh, not Class A. There was like one guy, one or two guys that weren't even Class A, and then three guys that were already in from last year. Nice, dude. All right, so you you qualified 53rd PGA Pro Championship in Austin this year at the Omni Barton Creek, which I've been there, but it's been a long time. So how many guys are in that? And then talk us through, I know we've talked about this off the air, but talk us through what, there's like a first day cut and a second day cut and what the top whatever guys get in and all that shit. Talk yeah, us through yeah. So, so I believe there's like just over 300 people that play in this tournament. So it's a big field, massive field. Mm-hmm. They they play the first two rounds are on two different courses. So everybody plays two rounds. Um, I couldn't even tell you the names of the two. It's like the core core hills or something, Fazio Hills. I don't know, whatever. We play two different courses the first two days, and then there is a cut to the top ninety and ties. And then the, and then the top ninety and ties play the third day. Okay. Um, and then there is another cut to the final round to the top 70 and ties and everybody in that 
who makes it to the final day does get a check. Okay, and if you finish in the top twenty overall for the whole tournament, then you um, advance to the PGA Championship this year in Harding Park, San Francisco. So that is the goal, obviously. The winner, a uh, good buddy of mine who won last year, um, Alex Beach, he mm-hmm. won last year and played in the PGA Championship last year. And then, and then you get six PGA Tour starts the following year. So he's played already this year in, at the Sony in Hawaii. He's played the Farmers in San Fran. And he played Puerto Rico last week. Um, and he's going to Dominican Republic in two weeks and then – or in three weeks, and then he's going to uh, he's going to do Travelers, and then the Barracuda. That's so, so dope. That's yeah, really that's cool. A, it's a it's a big one. This is has uh, he made the cut on any of them? He has not. I mean, no, it's a long shot. But it, that, Sony was a brutal week too. Which what is that? I said like some of the weeks that you mentioned him playing. Like Sony was a brutal, brutal week. And then, I gotta be honest. I mean, you know, look, I, I he's a good dude, um, but I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really agree with some of the decisions that he's made. Mm-hmm. Like Sony Open being your first PGA Tour event, I just, I just don't think that's a good idea, a good choice. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're traveling halfway across the world. True. Okay, you're gonna have a six-hour time change for your first PGA Tour event, and and you're, you know, this is your, you're trying to make this your career. It's just it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you know, uh, it's just it's just obviously there's a lot of traveling involved on the PJ Tour, but for your first event, you don't want to you don't want to knock yourself out before you even start. I mean, that's just insane. So I've obviously went through in my head a few times the six that I'd pick. We don't have to go there yet. We're kind of far away from that. You know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, in well, hold on. I'm gonna. We could, in two months from now, we could talk about that if if it if it happens. But uh, for now, well, when it when it happens, I'm gonna tell you this because I'm gonna be on the bag. Whatever week, the week prior, when Tiger says he's playing, you're playing because we're going. <laughs> I'm gonna meet him. So that's that's the only criteria I'm gonna give you. But uh, but yeah, I'm gonna be on the bag. I'm excited for that. That's gonna be fun. That's April 26th to the 29th. So we're uh, we're rooting for you, buddy. Uh, like Vinny said, he's gonna come out one day. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, we're gonna. And get a local caddy and do it all up, do it, do it right. Hopefully, yeah, it's, gonna be, uh, it's gonna be awesome. Like you said, hopefully, you know, getting in the top twenty, but hopefully, we have a we have a shot at top spot on the final day. That would be fun. That's right. Uh, before we we get into some closing thoughts here, you have any uh, takers on who's going to win this week at the Arnold Palmer? Um. All right. So, you know, listen. How could you not root for Rory? I mean, he's can't putt. Yeah, but you know what though, he the last five I saw something on Instagram, the last five tournaments that he's played in, um, he's finished in the top five. He he won. He finished second, tied for second, third, and fifth. I mean, he's uh, he's by far, in my opinion, the best player in the world right now, and um, he knows that golf course. He plays well there. He had I, I a chance to win there last year too. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I think he is the best golfer. But so you told me via text to ask you who your sleeper was for the week. So I can't wait to hear this. Who is it? So I got a sleeper, um, Abraham Answer. Vince and I were just talking about it. We're talking Honest about this. Abe. Yes, he is. Uh, talk about a guy who can putt. That man is a freaking magician with the flat stick. 
So I mean, it is a freaking wand. And it's so and it's so small. I've literally I've played in a qualifier and I've seen him. And he's shorter than I am. I mean he can't weigh more than 140 pounds, but you know, he rips it and he hits it so dead straight and he freaking puts better than anybody. Obviously you guys saw him play against Tiger at the President's Oh Cup, yeah, I for mean, sure. Oh, he dude, got it. He's got it. Well, awesome, Bill. Vinny, if anything, you know, he might have you a little bit in distance, but you know, <laughs> oh, Vince is swinging at 106, Bill. I don't know if you've heard this. He's been oh, on the track, on. man, lately. He's got it up. Yeah, Dude, he's, yeah. he's shooting 75. What is that? What is 106? Is that his spin rate? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. No, come on, man. We're working on the game a little bit. Vinny's <laughs> uh, uh, shooting 75s right hear, now, bro. I'm glad to hear. It. That's awesome. Listen, you, you have you have game. It's just your, your hips. You got to get your hips moving a little bit. <laughs> got to get the hips going. <laughs> hips don't lie. Flexibility <laughs> is still it's still present. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an issue, but uh, he's got the swing swing sticks out there, getting the speed built up. We love it. Nice. He's been playing some golf. So I've been using those too, by the way. Good man, good. Well, shout, yeah. simple shout out to them. So, uh, Dill, before we let you go, what's uh, what's on the horizon after the? Obviously, we hope you get top twenty at the PGA Professional, but you're you're getting ready to head back to New York soon. What's uh, what's on the horizon after that? Any tournaments? Yeah, man. So um, I am getting ready to go back to New York. I am heading back up April first. I'll be working there um, for a couple of weeks, and then heading out to Austin, playing there, and then coming back. I mean, I, I will be working this summer, but um, we have you know four or five section events over the course of the summer, and the section club pro also. Uh, is basically our qualifier for the following year's National Club Pro. So that's also an important one to play well in. Um, that's in like June or, you know, beginning of July. Um, State Open again, Met Open. Um, and, you know, barring everything what goes well, uh, hopefully I'll play in Q School at the end of the, at the, end of the season. So that's, uh, that's definitely something to look forward to. Nice, dude. Well, well, we appreciate you coming on the pod. We're going to have to get you some uh, breakfast ball swag to get uh... – yeah, out do. there for the PGA Pro Championship. Yeah, you got it, man. We got you, bro. We appreciate you coming on, man. We're looking forward to uh, – well, I'm looking forward to being on the bag in Austin and and uh, hopefully to some good things coming here in 2020. All yeah. right, boys. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, this was this was fun. And, yeah, man, I'm I'm super stoked for Austin. We're going to kill it. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm thankful that you're you're going to be out there helping me out, and uh, it's going to be a good week, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Awesome, yeah, man. Can't thanks wait again. for it. We're, we're hoping stuff, for some life change arounds for you, man. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it.